Hello. Hi. Hello. How you doing? This is exciting. I wasn't expecting to be on the radio. What will they do? What will they do? The victims of the darkness, they don't see the light. Till it's too late, you know, to put up a fire. All right, Gowanus. We're here, Radio Free Gowanus, broadcasting from the Interference Archive. The Building Resistance Propaganda Party. We're here at 1318 Street between 2nd and 3rd Avenue. I wanted to give a weather update. It is 35 degrees, which is 3 degrees warmer than it was this morning when I put the antenna on the roof. It was freezing cold, and it's going to stay freezing cold. You're listening to Audio Interference, produced by Interference Archive. Interference Archive is a social space, exhibition venue, and OpenStax archive of social movement materials. Our work is rooted in the belief that our shared histories should be held in common and accessible to all. You might already know that Interference Archive has been hosting a series of propaganda parties. These are events where we distribute free materials like posters and stickers created by contemporary artists in response to current struggles. On March 5th, we hosted an event called Building Resistance. Radio Free Gowanus, our neighborhood pirate radio station, broadcast live throughout the afternoon. In this episode, we're sharing some of the highlights from the event. So here comes the hard question. Okay. What does building resistance mean to you? Just if I can throw that curveball at you. Okay, yeah. Well, we're at a building <laughs> resistance propaganda party. I had to start somewhere. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I definitely think about a lot of sort of the activist work that I'm doing as really like related to the stuff that I do here and at my regular job, which to me is about like, you know, being informed, like to be very cliche (laughs) about, you know, but I really think that a lot of, a lot of people, you know, the, a lot of people that are sort of not engaged in the things that are going on in their communities and our country and the world, it's really just that they are not, you know, aware of it. Um, And so I I also think that like getting more information also just means like learning about sort of what other people's lives are like and what other people are, are, you know, going through. So, you know, to me, that's kind of like about having a conversation and, you know, going to a place like this today and talking to people Mm -hmm. about what they're doing and thinking about just connecting to, you know, my own community. I'm a local Gowanusite, um, yes. Gowanusin. Um, Gowanusin? I've never figured this one out. What do we know. call ourselves? I don't know. Yeah, I think for me, building resistance is about building. It's sort of twofold. Like, I'm really interested in activating communities right now that are not normally activated. So... For me in particular, I'm interested in activating um, artists' communities. I guess getting educated uh, and, and locating the most efficient steps to causing change uh, for the things that are going to do the most good for the most people. Bed-Stuy in Brooklyn and I have a project called the Free Black Women's Library 
and it's an interactive mobile library that currently has a collection of 600 books, all written by black women. And I have uh, fiction, I have nonfiction, I have children's books, young adult books. And what happens is I take the library throughout New York City, but mainly in Brooklyn, and I pop up in public spaces, and people come and they trade books with me. Awesome. And every time the library is in a different space, there's a different theme and a different thing that kind of happens to activate the book. So sometimes there's a performance, sometimes there's a writing workshop, sometimes there's a film screening. Uh, it changes from month to month. Sometimes I'll have a writer come and read excerpts from her book and talk about uh, what it means to be published or talk about her process as far as what drives her to write so different things like that yeah it's pretty intense actually uh, when I first started the project my goal was to have a hundred books and I was going to build a bicycle actually and use that to get the books around awesome. uh, so I put out a call for donations and I just started receiving books from all over the world and I still get books I just got some books yesterday People just send so, you books? Yeah, people just send me books from all over the world. Now I have 600 and I'm like, okay. You know, I have a lot of really great friends, a lot of supportive friends who have cars who will give me a ride or who will pay for Uber, or Lyft, or taxi. I'm just so, trying to imagine what volume of space 600 books takes up. Does it fit in a car? It fits in a van. It fits in a van. Yeah, okay. yeah, or a car with a really big trunk. So um, one of the things that I keep asking people when they come in here, which is sort of like the, the like abstract question, um, because we're at the Building Resistance uh, propaganda party, mm -hmm. uh, what does Building Resistance mean to you and, and how does that manifest uh, for you? Hmm. Wow. Uh, that building, what does Building Resistance mean to me? Uh, it means a lot of things as a black woman. Um, living in a heteronormative patriarchy. Um, it means really valuing my life uh, in a way that is intentional, um, really uh, carving and crafting out joy and beauty and love every chance I get, uh, really taking care of myself and the people around me, um, understanding that there's constant uh, messages being sent to uh, black people, black women, about our lives not being valuable and our lives not being worthy. So part of my resistance is the library, you know, and centering and celebrating the voices of black women in literature and art and film and performance, you know, just kind of amplifying those voices uh, for the world to see that, um, you know, black women are not uh, monolith and we're not one very specific type of way we come in many forms and many ways of being and you know I am definitely leaning into the idea of just black joy right now and you know not getting caught up in this idea of struggle get up stand up stand up for your right What's up, what's up? My name is Raven Crass. I am a community organizer here in Brooklyn, New York. 
Um, I'm a poet, a vlogger, and self-defense instructor. Self-defense instructor. Self-defense instructor. Yeah, you were just telling us about that. So where do you do this? Um, so I was at the Center for Anti-Violence Education, which is, up, which is up the street. It's been here for 42 years, I believe. Um, it started as a place to teach karate to women, back when women weren't allowed to take karate because society. Um, and since then has grown into an organization that goes in schools, um, does workshops now since election, has done a lot of workshops around um, de-escalation, bystander intervention training, um, and really teaching people that self-defense is not only physical, but social as well. So how do we protect ourselves against a larger social systemic structure that is designed to oppress us? Like, that's a form of self-defense as well. So yeah. anti-racism, feminist um, structure within the physical techniques of getting away physically. I have personal projects I'm working on. I'm working on something called emotional justice. Uh -huh. It's on a movement realm in the movement for black lives we talk a lot about social justice and like systemic structures and changing culture but an uh, element I think is missing is emotional justice mm. at the base I don't think we know how to engage with each other in healthy functional ways and thus it makes it harder to attain and even sustain liberation if it is met um, right. just like basic dysfunctional qualities of um, like con not having conflict resolution or mediation or accountability or emotional labor or emotional labor always falling on femmes and women. Um, mm. So I'm working on a, a project to really dive into how that looks like and how we could go about having a, an emotional revolution as well right. with our social revolution. No, that's that's totally like <laughs> like right on because I the. Um, People from the uh, uh, Women's March Action Club were just here, and they were saying that a lot of their members are are men as well. Mm. And so there was like this kind of discussion very shortly about, um, you know, like how do we, you know, I think that men sometimes like don't get like in, they don't find a way in, yeah, right? And like yeah. so, how do we how do we do that? Is that kind of like part of what you're, yeah, like, or, like an example of it? Yeah, definitely in the movement. I think it goes back to being able to acknowledge our privilege mm. and this innate entitlement uh, certain privileged people have over others. And maybe it's a quality that comes with privilege and always having access to things and not knowing any other way. Right. Um, and not having to ever think about it. Not ever yeah. <laughs> having to think about it and just taking up space and not asking. There are more collaborative ways that, and intentional ways that we can work together. But when people aren't as intentional, have good intent, they don't even realize that when the impact is not good or when the impact is felt as something that is disruptive. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> so no, it's, it's a lot. I know. Lot how do you? Time. So what? So the, how does the your your project then? How does it uh, seek to address that? How does it connect? Um. So c can I curse on him? I mean, I, I'm not going to... Okay. Yeah, we're not being regulated okay, by the FCC, I'll tell word. you that. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to get you shut off. Um, so I actually have a project called Self-Care After a Fuckboy. And it deals with it deals with our... Like, culture and society, like, what is a fuckboy? And I, the idea that they expect you to be mistreated but still give them something. Mm. And that's the way our society functions overall. Like, America expects the world to still give them things regardless of how often America mistreats the entire world and its um, own people. Yeah. Right? So, like, our society in general is a fuckboy. And we need to heal from that. Right. And how do we address that culture? And part of that is through... Um, 
something uh, liberation theology, which is a specific theory um, that's really long, but I'm using that, and I'm using um, um, like Holly Hill from Chama as well. So it it's a lot of research and like even scientific research that goes into it that I'm trying to address it and tie all these different moving pieces together because they're all interconnected. It's yeah. like a trickle-down effect. So any dysfunctional cultural norms we have is totally indicative of a larger systemic structure. Right. Therefore, the fuckboy analogy, how it relates to... Um, right. And, un- <laughs> and unraveling all that and trying to understand how exactly. it works. And then, yeah. and then, like, when one acknowledges that they are a part of or benefit from being a fuckboy... Ideally, the buy-in is to do better so we could, like, grow and change and heal as a society and as a collective. I'm into collective healing, and I think that's definitely an element that is missing. Like, how do we heal together and hold people accountable? I think that healing is a really good uh, concept, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, there's a, I guess part of it, I can imagine that there's like a huge swath of people who like aren't really sure what healing needs to be done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and like just being the awareness of that on the one hand, but then like how do we actually... How does that actually work? How does that f- play out? Yeah. yeah. How does one heal? Yeah. And even acknowledging that one needs to heal. Yeah. Because you have to acknowledge that you hurt and, and that something is wrong. But a lot of people, if this is all that you know, if this is all your parents have known and mm. generations... This is normalized. It's like, heal from what? I'm chilling. Right. And it's like, nah, but this doesn't have to be. Right. You know, like, we can ha- we actually have more control over how we decide to navigate spaces and live our lives than we give ourselves credit for. But be- because we're so wrapped up in cultural norms and uh, social norms, we find ourselves not getting out of it because it's just, like, it's there, but we don't even realize it's there. Right. So it has to be made aware of in order to change it. Goodness, I think building resistance is definitely starts with the individual and what we're talking about as far as unlearning. Um, I'm all about political, radical thought, fuck the system, dismantle it, change it, do something new. Um, I think healing is a part of resistance, choosing to be loving in a society, especially as a black woman, has always been told that you're not good enough and you're ugly and you're blah, blah, blah. Choosing to love myself is an act of resistance. tolerant world for my daughter who's a little kid and really needs a progressive world to grow up in yeah uh, building resistance resistance to me means making that decision to to go from reading the news on Facebook to calling your rep I, I think like those small actions and those small decisions built up over and over and over again is what creates change I think building resistance to me is about staying engaged constantly rather than getting engaged every few years or just when something really um, huge is taking place, but making sure it's a part of your life all the time, not just again. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the honey drippers in the house tonight, and they just got back from Washington, D.C. I think they got something they want to say.
You've been listening to Audio Interference, produced by Interference Archive. Thanks to Mike Clemo of Radio Free Gowanus for being part of our event and for letting us use his audio to create this episode. To hear the full versions of the Building Resistance interviews, check out www.radiofreegowanus.org. And keep an eye out for our next propaganda party coming up this fall. Interference Archive is collectively run and volunteer-powered. If you like what you heard today, consider making a donation to help keep the archive up and running. Just go to interferencearchive.org and click on Donate. From all of us at Audio Interference, thanks for listening. Broadcasting from the bottom of the canal, this is RFG, RadioFreeGowanus.org. <laughs>